Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Armor Report. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. I'm in the midst of putting in an order, so just give me a second. This is a live trading desk, so I'm managing my own capital and that of uh, uh, investors. So just give me a second. What I'm doing here is um, we're going to do a show, of course, today about um, the retest. This is part two. Stock market um, is going to be retesting the lows of December. Um, We put positions on short over a week ago. So I'm going to address how I view yesterday's activity and how it changes or doesn't change my um, uh, equity positions at the moment uh, and what would change it. Um, And then we're just going to jump into a bit of a positive side. So while I'm negative, the market, and I think we're in the midst of a retest. So um, there's, you know, while that's happening, we're also getting positive momentum coming into the cannabis space. And so um, some of these stocks are really differentiating themselves. And uh, over the next, depending on how today ends and perhaps tomorrow, we might be seeing some algorithmic entry points, not only into individual cannabis names that we like, but in MJ in general, the ETF. So that'll get us to, you know, get aggressively long there. We're already co- holding our core long positions, but we'll increase them. So I'll get to that in a minute. But um, while I'm out there short the market on a multi-day basis, um, I'm also looking to get long the market on an intraday basis, right? So yesterday was a beautiful day to make money intraday. And it really allows me to, um, uh, you know, manage my short position without the angst. So yesterday was a classic example of a gap and go uh, scenario that we have in our algorithms for intraday trading. And so when every single index, when we get, you know, confluence of indexes, everything happening at once, uniformity of movement, we call it, we get long the markets. So the market gaps up, we get long, all those assets go through the roof the rest of the day. And so while we're losing money on our multi-day short, we're making a lot of money on our intraday long. And that just hedges it out. We booked that long position at the end of the day, we booked that profit and we remain short until our stops are hit. And our stops aren't, you know, aren't hit yet. So, um, all right, so I'll get into that in a minute, just to refresh everybody's memory, what this is. The Armour Report is algorithmic risk management research. Now I had a, um, a listener talk to me or a viewer, you know, send me a, a message talking about how it's not hard to invest in the stock market. Central banks are adding liquidity. Um, whenever there's a problem, they just add liquidity. They think they can print currencies with reckless abandon and it doesn't affect inflation. And as long as that's the case, who needs algorithms? Um, hey man, good luck. Nothing wrong with investing that way. Absolutely. If you can deal with the massive volatility and not have it change your investment, great. Good for you. But see, I'd rather not have my asset base drop 20% in a couple of months last year at the end of the year for if I can avoid it. So while the comment 
that the markets only go up because central banks always support the markets is true and has been true for a decade now after 2008, that does not mean the market can't drop 20% in three months. And of course, if the indexes are dropping 20%, then some of the stocks in your portfolio are dropping 50%. And I don't see the point with my personal capital. I don't see the point in suffering that loss. If algorithms can help me manage my risk, why would I do that? To me, it seems kind of silly. I have a gift here of an algorithm that's going to help me manage that risk and profit from the decline. And I'm not going to do it because central banks always add liquidity. I don't see the point in that. Now, if you're an investor who doesn't have algorithms and you don't want to use a source like myself to help you manage your risk, then I understand what you're saying. It's so frustrating dealing with the volatility that you'd rather just not think about it and then just buy and hold on for dear life and hope that central banks always bail you out. If that's an investment strategy to you, then go with God, my friend. I certainly don't want to change your opinion. But for the rest of us who are using algorithms to manage our risk, we're going to benefit from the weakness with the knowledge. You're right. Your knowledge is correct. Central banks constantly support the market. So we're going to use algorithms to manage the risk and then look to get long by the weakness, right? But we're also going to sell into strength because central banks don't buy markets as they keep going higher. They buy lows to get the market to go. Then they step away and see how stupid investors can be and how far they can run it. Then when the market plummets, they come in and buy again. And so what we're trying to do here with the algorithms are buy weakness, sell into strength. And A, have a better performance over the long period of time, but B, really manage our risk. Because I think we all know at some point in the future, we don't know when, central banks either won't be able to support the market or won't be willing to for reasons that we can't see right now. Ten years ago, you didn't know central banks were going to come in and do this. But then reasons occurred that allowed central banks to start doing it. At some point, the world will change and they'll no longer reasons. And if you've fallen asleep at the switch because you believe that central banks will always bail you out, then you'll have a big run up in your assets, hopefully, you're lucky, and then you'll give it all away on the way back down because you'll have no strategy to manage your risk. And that's what I'm trying to help you all with. So as long as central banks keep buying the market, great. Let's, let's be long the market. Fine. But there's going to be air pockets along the way, like there was October, November, December. And I see no reason for us to lose a lot of money in that environment. Protect your capital. Put the capital back to work at lower prices when everyone else is panicking. That's how you build wealth over time. 
All right. So we're still short in the portfolio and we're still profitable on those shorts overall right now. The action yesterday didn't dramatically change our opinion or our approach. Two things that I would mention about this. Number one, in any sell-off, whether it be a bear market or a simple correction, one-day rallies that are huge not only are normal, but they're the footprint of the sell-off. One-day rallies are a part of the footprint of a sell-off because you get three, four, five down days in a row, and then you get some short covering that rips the market higher for a day. So that type of, of action is not really a reason to change our short position. The other thing is we have recent tops that are in. So our stop is a close above the high of those recent stops, um, of those recent tops. And we're not there yet. The only index that's challenging that right now is the NASDAQ 100. Okay? So this takes me to my next point. The, the key now is going to be where the market closes today and by the end of the week. If this correction, downtrend, retest, whatever you want to call it, is still in effect, we should see a weaker close today or a close that's kind of flat. So you have a huge up day, and then the market can't go any higher. And then by the end of the week, it's making new lows. If we close on a major up note, if we close with the NASDAQ 100 closing at a new high, so it's taken out the highs, we'll begin to change our opinion about what we just saw last week. And believe me when I tell you this, I'm happy to change it. I'd rather be aggressively long and making a lot of money. That'd be lots of fun. It's never fun to be short. It's never fun to be negative. Let's drink the Kool-Aid. I'll make a lot of money. But this is about risk management. And at the moment, there's risk. And the risk is too high versus the reward potential from here. So we've got to defend capital. Okay, so I hope that gives you guys an idea of what we're looking at. What we need to see today is how it mar the market closes. Weakness, sell-off into the close, which suggests yesterday was just a blip. A flat close, slightly up, slightly down, would be part of that narrative that we kind of have a normal rally after a huge, and we had a four-day sell-off, boom, then we get a bump up can't go any higher. Where are we by the end of the week? If we're making new lows by the end of the week, then the retest of the December lows are still intact. If the market closes at the highs today, if the triple Qs are taking out their highs, well, then we'll have to start ratcheting back that opinion and reducing our, our short exposure, which leads me to the work we're doing today. 
We're looking at all of our favorite stocks on the whiteboard and all of our favorite groups and our themes and seeing which ones using the algorithms look most attractive. And so if the market closes, the indexes are able to take out their highs and we're exiting our short positions, we'll be adding our favorite names. Which, of course, brings me to the bonus coverage of the day. Bonus coverage. Cannabis is our favorite investment theme. In fact, for those of you who are local, I'm in Jupiter. This is Palm Beach County. At the Palm Beach Gardens Library on the 21st of this month, I'm going to be doing an investing seminar about the cannabis super cycle that's upon us. It started in 2018. It's hitting us now and for the next three to five to 10 years. And so you've got to understand the magnitude of the opportunity to make money in this space. And then what are the best places to go with capital as we see it today? Those are the things I'll be covering at this event. And I'll, I'll post some things on Twitter. You can follow me, of course, as always, at hashtag Armor Report, A-R-M-R Report, or at Brett Rosenthal. And I'll post, as we get closer, um, um, some details of times and dates and where we're going to be. But I digress. Let me get back to the point. Um, cannabis, my favorite theme. The markets are not going to be a big, there's not a big correction coming if we take out the highs and we get algorithmic buy signals on MJ and some of our favorite names in that index, MJ being the ETF of the cannabis stocks, then we will be aggressively long in our portfolio. We've carried a core position of these cannabis names all, all year and going back into last year. What I've been waiting for this year is an opportunity to get aggressively long for a ne the next leg higher in the space. And so depending on how the market closes today and how these individual equities and the ETF closes today, we might have an algorithmic reason to get more aggressive. But don't forget, when I say an algorithmic reason, this is not a guarantee that the market goes up. I'm sharing with you guys my approach to how I manage my own personal capital. I use these algorithms. The algorithms tell me when the reward is worth the risk I'm taking. But there's always risk I'm taking in every position. Algorithms are not guarantees of success. They just put us on the right side of probability and statistics. They say, yes, now's the right time to act. We still have stop losses. We still protect capital. There are times where I have to get in and get out the very next day. That's okay. Take your small loss, step aside, wait for the next opportunity. Hey, I'm in the midst of something right now. Can I give you a shot back? Oh, brilliant. Okay. Uh, take care. That was my event coordinator. Got a lot of RSVPs for this show. This, you know, investment seminar, if you will. And that event coordinator happens to be my sister. We work together. Okay, so... Um, I'm just explaining how I use these algorithms. There's always risk. We always have to stop losses quickly. 
but the algorithms help us get on the right side of probability so that let me just give you a statistic about algorithms real quick in the ones that we work with. If our algorithm is, if, let me stop, let me start over. If your stop losses are correct and you book your gains correctly, a strategy, an algorithmic strategy can be right three times out of 10 and break even. Five times out of 10, you're making some decent money. Why? Because you're cutting your losses quickly, and then when you get it right, the reward's big enough, and you make a lot of money. That's the combination of reward and risk. Our algorithms have us up in the 70 percentile. So seven out of 10 times we're going to make money. That means we could lose money three times in a row. Take a position, take a loss. Take a position, take a loss. But when we get it right, the reward is so big it more than makes up for those small losses. It's a strategy of protecting capital and capturing upside when it shows up. It's not a crystal ball guaranteeing that every trade works. I hope you guys understand that because it's, it's a little confusing out there. Some guys have algorithms that are black boxes that always make money or high-frequency traders that are looking for you know, pennies on trades. That's not what I'm talking about on this show or any show. We have statistical probability algorithms. Average out 7 out of 10 to be accurate, so 70% of the time. On indexes like the S&P, let's say we're up to 90%. On individual stocks, we might be at 60%. Just behavior of the asset and the liquidity. But the point is, we use the algorithms to help us ratchet up our exposure in our favorite groups and themes so that when we get it right, we make a lot of money, but cut it quickly if it doesn't work. And if we do that all year wrong, the averages, the probabilities work in our favor. This is a long distance run, guys. This is not a sprint. This is a methodology that has to be adhered to religiously, if over time you want to increase net worth. It's not for everybody. But having said all that, it looks like we're at the precipice. What are our favorite names? I, I can't share all my names with you, right? Some of them are small caps. Some of them are on the, on the Canadian Stock Exchange, and I'm not going to be sharing those names with you. If you would like for me to share those names, I'd have to talk to you first, have to see if it's the right fit, have to see what your risk tolerance is and all those types of things. Feel free to call me. Go to our website, RosenthalCapital.com. You can find our phone number. But I will mention that the top three names that we're focused on is Canopy, without a doubt, number one. You're not learning something new on the Armour Report right now that to know that Canopy is the number one place to put money in the marijuana space. It's followed closely by Aurora, ACB. We're a big fan of Kronos, C-R-O-N. And I think, quite frankly, the best hemp play, hemp play, not marijuana, hemp play, CBD play, has to be Charlotte's Web. That is a small cap name, and that does trade on the Canadian exchange. So it's not for everybody. But I will share that one 
small name for you. I take the product. Full disclosure, I use it every night. My wife uses it every night. It's a brilliant CBD product. If anybody has an issue with sleep, you got to look into this company. Charlotte's Web, go Google it. Go look at their products. The original formula is what I take myself and my wife takes. It's brilliant. We have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. We need all the sleep we can get. This helps you sleep deep and it helps you sleep through the night. And it helps you go back to sleep when your kids wake you at 2 o'clock in the morning. It also helps with inflammation. You guys have to do some research on this. But I think without a doubt, we just saw an announcement of a couple companies merging. There's a lot of M&A in this space, and it's going to continue. From Charlotte's Web standpoint, they've just brought in two great new executives to help take their company to the next level. One from NBEV and um, one from Johnson & Johnson. And I think it's the premier CBD product out there. So will it remain a public company? I don't know, right? I have no idea, right? I'm not telling you some inside information or something. I don't, I don't know. But it will be a jewel in the pocket of any big company that wants to get into the space. And after the farm bill was passed last year, where hemp became you know, legal to farm and harvest and CBD is is legal. We call it hemp extract. I think you're going to need to see the FDA come out with some rules and regulations on CBD. But once that's done, because right now it's a very fragmented market and a lot of companies are making a lot of product claiming a lot of things that FDA doesn't want them to claim. Okay. So we still are in the gray area there. We need FDA to come out and say, this is legal. This isn't legal is not the right word. This, you can say this, you can't say that. Okay. Once they rule on that and big corporations get comfortable that the hemp business is here to stay, Charlotte's web, you know, is a no brainer. And I don't know if that's a year from now or two years from now, between now and then, I just think it's a great, a great company. All right. So those are my thoughts for the day. I hope they've helped you. I'll wrap up by just saying, watch the market today. Watch the close today. I know Boeing is kind of screwing up the Dow, which works for me because we're short now. But it's just, I don't know how that's going to really play out. The news on Boeing is terrible. If they ground all these, you know, planes, but sometimes that's very short-lived. So this is really interesting how this bad news gets interpreted and where the market closes. You know, in an up market, bad news like this is really important, guys. Bad news like Boeing. If the market closes higher and takes out the highs, I mean, the market's going up because this is terrible news for Boeing. And it's a major component of the Dow 30. Right. So the market should go down. And if we're particularly if we're going to retest lows of December, if that thesis is right, then the market should go down. But if it just, you know, shakes off this bad Boeing news and goes up anyway, then you definitely have to cover your shorts and you can get aggressively long. The market's going to take out the highs of last year. See where we're at? We really were kind of right at that 
precipice. And since we don't know which way it's going to do, we don't make guesses. We know what our stops are in our shorts. We know where we want to get long on the whiteboard. We wait to let the market tell us what it wants to do. We get a follow-through day on the upside. We get aggressive, and we, and we look to, to get long. The market closes down near the lows, and we know what that means. The retest is, is still in force. Okay? So anyway, be aware, be alert. I'll talk to you again tomorrow, and I'll tell you what we're thinking at the end of the day today. We'll update it tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Thanks for joining me. Be safe out there. Have a good day trading. Be smart when you invest, all right? Think of risk management first. Capture an upside second. Take care.